Hello, welcome to Meraki Unboxed. Today's episode was pre-recorded back in February, so we're putting that out today, and it was recorded before everybody at Cisco was sent to work from home, and I'm sure many of you are in the same situation right now. We'd like to wish you well, please stay healthy, and we're going to do our best to keep Meraki Unboxed on the air, so expect another episode in another couple of weeks. So here we go, here's today's episode. Hi, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name's Simon, and I'm looking after the show again today. Um, and today we're going to be uh, talking to another one of our technology partners who has a really exciting piece of uh, software which really builds on top of uh, the Meraki technology and really helps their customers to actually bring it to life uh, even more effectively than the basic Meraki solution does already. Just before we get into that, uh, I just want to quickly remind you Meraki Unboxed is a podcast that we run every couple of weeks. We, we try to uh, get these out on all of your favorite podcast apps and also on YouTube. So if you're not already a subscriber, please do hit that subscribe button. We'd love to keep you with us. And I think you'll find if you go back, look at what we've already done. We've got some great content uh, and I'm sure you'll find plenty of interest if you're interested in what we're doing here at Cisco Meraki. And we are trying to cover uh, both the technology, but also the people that are here as well, just to give you a feel of what it's like to be working with us here at Meraki. It's a, it's a great company to be at, uh, and we've got lots of exciting tech to talk about. So let's get into it. And today, I'm going to, first of all, introduce Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi. How's it going, Simon? Well, it's going great. <laughs> we've just hit the record button, so we'll see if it keeps going great. I'm confident. I am quite confident. <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, Alicia, hi. Welcome back. Thank you. And I got your name right this time. You did. <laughs> Unlike the last time we did it. Uh, so we're, we're, on, we're, on, uh, we're on off to a good start here. So, um, Tim, tell us a little bit about uh, you and what you do. Which, uh, which company, which technology partner are you joining us from today? I'm from Splash Access. I'm the uh, owner and co-founder of Splash Access. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a small IT company that's uh, been developing captive portal solutions uh, from the UK for the best part of six or seven years now. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're going to hear a lot more about oh, that yeah. any mm -hmm. moment now. Alicia, remind us what you do for us. Um, I am actually the ecosystem BDM here at Meraki, so the business development manager managing all of our 80-plus uh, ecosystem partners or technology partners. And like Simon said, uh, these are, like Simon said, uh, these are partners who build on top of uh, our Meraki technology, so they're leveraging our data to provide digital business solutions for our customers. Mm -hmm. And so why, why are you finding that people are choosing to invest in Meraki Technology Partners? What's great about Technology Partners is they've already created a turnkey um, tailored solution. Um, so it's already baked out. It's ready to rock and roll. You literally can just implement it. You don't have to invest any time, energy, resources in developing your own solution. Uh, these Technology Partners, like Tim and Splash Access, have already been vetted by our Meraki um, uh, technology engineer team. Mm -hmm. uh, they've already been uh, vetted as far as their expertise um, in the industries that they're relative to. Right. Um, but again, the most important piece is that it's already baked out, ready to go. So anyone can really just buy it right off the shelf and, and implement it for their business. I think that's the neat thing I've found with, with this approach that we're taking is that you have this kind of buy or build sort of approach. Mm -hmm. And so obviously turnkey solutions just make life so much easier. That's mm -hmm. why we really want to bring some of these technology partners onto the podcast to talk about uh, examples of those just to yeah. give that sense of what's available out there. But of course, people aren't limited by that. They can go out and create their own totally. stuff anytime. So we're yeah. always encouraging that. Right? We actually advocate that people create their own solutions. Um, however, it is nice to work with a technology partner because they live and breathe this every day. They have such expertise in what they do. Um, and you don't have to invest any time resources. You just purchase it and go. All right. 
So speaking of experts, hi, Tim. Hey. <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously, where are you from, Tim? You sound like you have the same accent yeah, as me. Yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, we're from Manchester. Manchester. Uh, yeah, just on the other side of Manchester. Similar but different. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two Brits on the show today, two for the price of one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, Tim. So tell us a little bit about um, your own background in this industry. Tell us how you, uh, maybe what you were doing before Splash Access and how you actually came, how this came about for you. Okay, yeah, I mean, we started off many years ago, and uh, my background was in IT. I was an IT manager for a small uh, PLC, a public limited company, mm -hmm. and we had around about 16 or 17 locations, and I started getting involved in the Wi-Fi of that particular locations. Right. And it was a really interesting thing that I really picked up from quite well. Uh, so once we started going into the Wi-Fi zone, um, unfortunately, that company went into administration. Okay. So at that point, I found myself setting up my own business. Full of opportunity. Full of opportunity. And one of the first things I got involved with was Cisco Meraki. Okay. And uh, at the time, it was Meraki. And then it was just at that pivotal point when things were changing. And we, uh, we started looking at the box and what we could do with it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Wi-Fi experience that you'd had in your, during your IT leadership time uh, must have taught you a thing or two about the pros and cons of implementing Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, absolutely. This was very much a, a hands-on approach, actually fitting devices, installing access points, installing controllers and such like. So mm -hmm. it was a really interesting phase. And I learned a lot about deployments about the yep. uh, the networks and how to put things together. And it was a good learning curve. I remember controllers. Yeah. Those are the, th <laughs> those are the things that they used to deploy with the access points to yeah. look after the APs, right? Yeah, no, I think I think I just about remember what they did. <laughs> okay, I, I am, um, for, for those of you who are listening, I, um, I am being slightly facetious on purpose because, of course, <laughs> that is still very common. There are still an awful lot of Wi-Fi solutions that do depend on a controller. Uh, but Meraki, of course, uh, is controller-less because we have all of that in the cloud. It's Absolutely. One of the advantages. It's a big advantage. Massive advantage. Okay, so you obviously liked what you saw with Meraki. So this yep. looked like a, a product that you could do something with. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of Splash Access and really what it's all about, what, how it improves on what you already have with the Meraki solution. Well, one of the first clients I actually went to see, he was actually a, a multimillionaire, yeah, and he owned and uh, developed golf courses. Okay. And one of the first things he said to me when I showed him this little white box was, can it capture people's data? Can it actually record when somebody's logged on onto the uh, network? Mm -hmm. And uh, I went into sales mode and just nodded my head and said yes. Uh, and then went away and then realized out to the box it didn't have that functionality. And being a programmer, we started to uh, contact the guys at Cisco Meraki and ask for any advice, which we got plenty mm -hmm. of advice from and good documentation. So at that point, we started to build a very simplistic captive portal. Right. And at that point, we hadn't had the thought to actually monetize the solution. We just thought we was building this for one client and, uh, and to put it into the golf courses. But uh, the client did purchase and he did deploy the solution. Nice. And that was our first client. And when was that? How long ago were we talking about? That was about? going back, I would say, at least six years. Okay. So Maybe a lot even, of experience. Yeah, a lot of experience. Cool. Uh, but your, I think your main focus is actually in the education space. Is that right? We have been a big increase in education, and that is the main focus of where we're pointing our development time and development cycles now is into the education market. Right. And and why is that? So why why that particular area of focus? Why has that been your main 
your main driver, if you like. I think that we found a problem that a lot of universities are having at the moment, especially across the US, with mm-hmm. dormitory access and student access. Right. And now with the uh, the uh, powerful APIs that we've been given from Meraki, we've been able to create a a solution that allows the student to be able to self-manage and onboard their own devices. Okay. And, and what type of universities are actually looking to do that? We're, we're getting all sorts of Universities. We're getting the smaller universities right the way up to the really large universities mm-hmm. wanting to deploy exactly the same solution. Okay. So the solution that we've deployed and we have out there at the moment is ticking a lot of boxes for the smaller and the big scale universities. Right. And and so what is it about that sector you think that really drives this? We talked about students in their dorms. Let's try and imagine the setup because it's definitely changed well, since I went to university embarrassingly <laughs> sure. was before all of this luxury that uh, is available now. And um, uh, we just used an abacus at that time. Uh, basically, the, the um, w- when the students go along to university now, they, they go into their dorm rooms. They have all the facilities, including, obviously, a lot of connectivity. And we know from, from experience that uh, students of all ages, really, are pretty much the most demanding network users you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. What, is the, what is the actual nature of the, of the challenge for the IT providers in those settings? Well, what the IT providers are wanting to achieve is obviously to give a very seamless onboarding process that is as mm-hmm. easy as possible. Right. And that is what we've tried to develop. And they're onboarding to what? Not just to the network, presumably, not just to get a connection to the internet, but it's probably more than that. No, it is more than that. We're utilizing the uh, the group policies within the Meraki right. to keep the students separate. Huh? So if we have one dormitory with five or ten students in, we can actually put them onto a separate network, uh, a VLAN. Right. So we can segment the users. Okay. And uh, what we're trying to achieve is a very simple onboarding process. Uh, we can self-manage. And that's what the students are. They want to be able to get their device on first time, every time, without any hassle. They don't want to have to call an IT department. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> and Tim, if I could chime in here, uh, what's the alternative? So if a an IT manager doesn't implement something like this, uh, wh- how are they currently doing it today? And, and what type of workload is that? Well, the workload, the only way that they could possibly do it is the laptops and the normal type devices are fairly straightforward to get Mm -hmm. online. And you can do that normally by logging on with an 802.1x policy or just a normal captive portal. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem you have is the IoT devices, the little devices that they've got in there, their printers, their their echo devices. Mm -hmm. These are the problematic devices because they haven't got a captive portal. So at that point, it's very difficult to get those devices online. Mm -hmm. So the only way of doing it at the moment would be for the administrator, the support guys, to go in manually to add add them one by one. Mm -hmm. That sounds quite painful. So if we take an example, let's think of one of the universities that you've done this with. How have they gone about... Just walk us through an example. How have they gone about deploying this and what, what kind of impact has it had? Well, the best thing about Splash Access is that we only work with Cisco Meraki. Okay. So the integration that we've built makes it really simple to deploy. Okay. So once you've added the API key and then pointed the SSID to us, that's really the installation. Wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy simple. It's crazy simple. Yeah, uh, we've, we've done all the hard work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, A lot of the systems that we've built in the back automate the process of onboarding. Yeah, So uh, the API has been, uh, over the past, as I say, two years, the availability of the different endpoints has yep. grown. So we've been able to add on additional functionality. 
Okay. And so the, if thinking about that example, um, the university has deployed let's let's think about because there was one you had in mind i think and and it's a large north american university it is uh how many students are we talking about here i think there's 30,000 40,000 students wow <laughs> okay it's, it's a big big opportunity right and so that breaks down into roughly how many um sort of dorms are we talking about at this point i think there's th three or 4,000 students in dorms okay Significant. And then, yeah, we're managing the entire dormitory infrastructure through okay. Splash Access. All right. So, th so switching around to the the authentication part, then. So the student uh, wants to get their device online. Maybe I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little bit easier if they're actually able to use a username and password like you would do with .1x, for example. Uh, but but walk us through the examples where there is a client and. Uh, and, and also where it's headless, if you like, like a like an Echo or something. Well, what we've done, was two sides to this, is that um, just going back to the 8021X and the username and password, is that we've actually integrated and have the capabilities to integrate with the uh, university's existing identity providers. Okay. So we can integrate with Azure, uh, Zenzibar, we can integrate with Shibboleth, and we can utilize the same login credentials to authenticate that user onto the network. So if we go through the journey, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll take on a normal laptop to start off with. Yes, let's do that. Uh, the user would open their laptop, switch it on, and the splash page would appear yeah, for that particular network. The user then, the student, would just log in with their normal student credentials. Mm -hmm. We would do the auth against the SAML, the back-end authentication provider. Yes, we would look at the same time to what network to put them into, and then we would onboard that user onto that network. So they'd be put in the right network, they'd be given the right policies, all of that good stuff. Absolutely, at that time. Very nice. Okay, so if you are an Echo device and you're trying to get yep. connected, what happens then? When we, when we first started the process of building this system, uh, this was a very big issue. Mm -hmm. How can we get on board the smaller devices, the IoT devices? Mm -hmm. So we specifically built a device management portal so where the student would log in with the same set of credentials that he's just logged in with his laptop into the device management portal. Mm -hmm. This allows them then to self-manage the IoT devices. Oh, So nice. they can go in, add their own Echo device simply by adding the MAC address, and that then would be authenticated onto the correct network with the correct policies as if it was a laptop. And it would be associated with that individual as well, yep. presumably. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it gets the same treatment and and so on and so forth. Same treatment, same policies. Very nice. Oh, that's that sounds like a a, a big headache removed for the IT team. <laughs> yeah. In uh, in a higher education setting, because they they do have to deal with so many users. I mean, the the scale of these things is amazing. We think about business enterprises being big networks, but really, I think the universities have us on that, don't they? The universities have a lot of clients, a lot of students mm -hmm. on there, and they all want the same thing. And they're all playing with the latest gadgets as yes. well, mm -hmm. of yeah. course. So there are there are going to be a lot. What I mean, do we have any sense of the average number? I've got to imagine it's going to be... I mean, this is the other clever thing about Splash Access, is yeah. we can actually limit the number of devices that each student can have. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted, or if the university wanted to have an upper cap, we can actually put a cap of, say, 10 devices per student. Right. Yeah, so there is, a, there is an option. So it's, it's down to the policy of the, of of the, the university, university and what they prefer at that particular time. Okay, so let's think about the... Um, the duration. So, so with with uh, captive portals and and access to a network, sometimes we might want to 
you know, restrict behavior in some particular way. We talked about policy as being one of the options. The other one is time, how long people might have access for. Well, how do you handle the management of time? Because they've been assigned a different policy, they've actually got uh, unlimited time because we're bypassing the splash page at that point. Oh, I see. Okay. But when they authenticate, we date stamp the authentication for the login process. Mm-hmm. Because what we've done with splash access is we can handle the onboarding, but the other important factor is how do we get the students off as well? So we've actually built a process so we can offboard as well. Okay. So at the end of the term or the end of the semester, right, of course. Yeah. we can actually remove all their devices and put them back to a default policy and then that device then would need to re-authenticate, or if they've left the university, that device would no longer be authenticated onto the system. That use case makes perfect sense. For some reason in my head, I was going off thinking about things like uh, screen time on on the iPhone and yeah. you know, ma- managing people's access to certain applications at certain times and that sort of thing, but I think that's maybe a little bit tough for a university <laughs> student to implement. But it's actually useful for the universities because a lot of the time they just want the, the student to be online. So once they've authenticated that one time, that's it. They don't have 90 days like on a traditional captive portal limit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can authenticate them for the entire year. It's more customized in that sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So how do universities actually manage this tool? tell, Tell us about this interface. What is it? Well, that's interesting because when we started talking to the universities, and we've been talking to quite a few now, they asked us if we could build a tier one portal, mm-hmm. which is for the uh, the low-level support guys to be able to manage the system. So very early on, we built a tier one portal that uh, utilizes heavily on the Meraki APIs to be able to pull the information from the log files yep. and to manipulate the group policies. So the support guys can log into the tier one portal and actually move policies for a device. Okay. So it makes it really simple for those guys to work out why a device isn't online, for example, and to be able to onboard it for the student. What's your definition of tiering here? So you say tier one. The uh, low-level support guys, the people who would literally Front pick line. up, yeah, pick up the call from the student. Yep. Help! I can't get my Xbox online. Yeah, end of the world. <laughs> I, I need some help. Yeah. Of course, that's the first thing we think about. Well, it's first-world problems for students. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so they have um, a great interface that they can use with this tool. Um, Tell us in what ways, I mean, I think you touched on this earlier, but uh, it does integrate with existing providers. I didn't recognize all the names you said there. Um, maybe just describe for us what those identity providers are doing, how they differ from one another, and why, why universities choose those different tools. There's a lot of different universities have different back ends. And what we tried to do is build a generic SAML interface. Right. And then we've sort of progressed from there because different universities have different providers. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to be as flexible as possible. And this is, again, back to what we do. A lot of the time we add value and we can look at the user's problems and we can very quickly build onto that and add different protocols. Right. Uh, we've done one recently where we've integrated Azure in the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, quite a, a fundamental problem this particular client had, and we solved that by integrating with an API from Microsoft. Oh, so you're, bringing, you're making use of APIs with all of those providers as well. Absolutely. Oh, nice. And, and that was actually something which I wanted to ask you about was, you know, we, APIs is the main reason we're sitting in this room together. We're talking about how you can access the Meraki platform using those APIs. Um, but I think you said that there is also some uh, opportunity that you provide to others to extend on top of what you build as well. We've got APIs in the back of Splash Access now that mm-hmm. allows the interface to be taken from us. And then we're doing some clever installations at the moment in Canada. 
uh, and we're working with providers there who are going to utilize those APIs to manage the system and integrate with their own interfaces and CMS systems. Right. So this is like managed service providers, that, yes. that type of that type of organization. Okay. So um, let's see. The the other thing which I wanted to ask you about was around this um, identity PSK or identity pre-shared key. Let's first of all just describe what that is for those who are less familiar who are joining us on the podcast today. Uh, I could use a refresher as well. So tell us about okay. what, about that. IPSK is, uh, is a great technology. And we was really excited when we started talking with the Meraki product guys that this was going to become available to us. Uh, Meraki uh, probably came to us probably and gave us access to the beta probably around about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly realized that this is a great technology. Identity pre-shared keys, the ability to give um, users their own pre-shared key on one single network. So you have one SSID and multiple passwords. And the users can choose their own passwords. Right. Okay. That's a significant step. And that's that's something oh, yes. which we introduced during 2019. Yes. So you obviously jumped on that pretty quickly. What does it enable um, Splash Access to do that's that's different? I mean, you, I think you've described it pretty well there. But let's just make sure we're clear on the, the if you like, the, the extra step, the extra advantage with Splash Access. Well, what we've done with Splash Access is we've built, and again, we're focusing on the student experience here. So we've built a separate IPSK module. Mm-hmm. And this allows the student to be able to log in utilizing their SAML identity provider credentials into a dashboard where the student can self-manage and onboard their own devices yep. and choose their own password. As you said, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that's obviously different to the traditional model, the what 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 you sometimes hear described as the the, the splash education system, yeah, which is presumably the the all of those authentication models that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Okay, so that's a pretty significant step forward. Um, tell us about how, uh, what you know, what else this can do. I think we talked about VLANs a little bit. Um, how does it allow for the segmentation to occur there? The segmentation occurs when the user logs in again because we know the student's uh, credentials. Mm-hmm. We know the uh, the authentication has been passed by the identity provider. And at that point, we can utilize the API to drop, or in this case, it's a radio server, we can drop them onto the correct VLAN exactly the same way as we've done with the education system. Right. Yeah. Right. The slight difference with IPSK is the student can onboard all their own devices straight away. So they can onboard their Echo device, their laptops straight away into one portal. And at that point, the one password will authenticate all those devices. Okay. So that's an advantage from the student's perspective, simplicity. And it's secure. And it's secure as well. So that yes. was the other thing I wanted to check with you as well, is the, you know, the security around the Wi-Fi data in yes. those situations. At that point, all the data is encrypted to the access point. Great. Yeah, so you are using a true encrypted network. This sounds like, like you've got a complete solution here. You've thought about everything. <laughs> we, we, we try and take advantage of all the APIs that we're given. And this is the exciting thing with working Meraki is that, you know, every month there's new APIs coming on board. Right. And we look at it as an opportunity every time an API comes out. How can we add this value to what we're doing yeah. and put it into our platform? Yeah. And the story you've just told about IPSK is presumably yeah. one of those examples, right? Absolutely. We've, we introduced this new feature long, several years after you already established and you found a way to integrate it and take advantage of it. And we did that quickly. Right. And again, this goes back to only working with Cisco and Meraki. It gives us the opportunity to take advantage of these things, mm-hmm. develop nice new uh, interfaces and opportunities based around the new APIs. Awesome. 
So one of the things I've experienced a lot in uh, doing presentations for folks and telling them all about this wonderful technology is that they're never satisfied and they always want to know <laughs> what's next. So, so let me challenge you that. Uh, so on, in the case of education, what, what do we see as being next there? The next step is we're actually pushing the boundaries now. And um, the next step that we are utilizing and we are deploying now, and we have one or two clients testing the system out at the moment, is having a MDU-type solution, a multi-dwelling unit-type solution. Right. Where a student... Thank, I'm glad you explained what that was. That was a, that's a three-letter acronym I have not come across. Sounds yeah. like an airport. I, I haven't up until recently either. But what we're trying to do now is have a, a complete onboarding mechanism for students. Mm -hmm. So when the student onboards, we dynamically create the VLAN, the Layer 3 network, the DHCP scope, all utilizing the APIs right. relevant to the student. Okay. So at that point, we're utilizing the MX, the MS, the MRs. We're integrating the full stack and utilizing the API to deploy the entire solution. So from an IT point of view, they literally plug them in, put in one network, the primary VLAN, yep. and then we would manage the next entire setup. <laughs> really nice. And that, so it's this is proof that uh, this just keeps on rolling forwards. And once you've got everything established, it just becomes incremental at that point. You're just basically adding to it, right? Um, I think we've we've talked during the course of this um, episode really about education a lot, but I'm going to assume that you're not. It's not this solution is not limited to education. So, so tell us about um, you know if. Obviously, education is the primary use case that you're thinking about, the problem you're thinking about solving. But you can apply this to anything, presumably. Oh, absolutely. Uh, education is, we're seeing, uh, an area that we're getting a lot of interest for mm -hmm. because of the work we've already done. But we're seeing uh, the same technology and the same requests coming from shared office space. Uh, we're seeing the requests coming from tenant blocks. Right. So we are seeing different areas. And you're right, Splash Access is a captive portal provider. So we have got our core product, which is geared up towards retail for data capture mm -hmm. for general captive portal use. Okay. Uh, it's interesting because we, we also have corporate clients, a lot of corporate clients, and we do bespoke work for those corporate clients. So we integrate into the back end of SharePoint, for example, for certain clients. Whoa. Yeah, we do integration with rotating uh, keys for clients to be able to pick them up in different systems. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of clever things over the years for a lot of different clients. And that's and you, you touched on one which sounds interesting. I'm curious to know a little bit more is, is the SharePoint example. Yes. So SharePoint is is you know a, a repository for shared documentation uh, yes. or or do, literally files. Uh, what how do you act, you know how do you leverage your what do you do with uh, well, that, that client was that. an interesting client. They came to us with a big problem. That was a global investment company. Yep. Uh, I think it was a five hundred billion dollar company. Wow. And they came to us with a problem, and we'd been recommended to them through the uh, the, the app portal. And they say to us and said, look, we, we're problem, we're, our problem is how can we have a password that our staff can pick up that changes every seven days for mm -hmm. the network? So we very quickly realized that we've already got that built into the system, but a slightly different disguise with a rotating WPA2 key. Okay. So we changed the code around. And then very quickly, we just literally created a single page which they could insert into their SharePoint environment. Right. 
Okay, so that addressed a specific use case. And yep. obviously, this is, again, the advantage of having the flexibility with these APIs and with uh, the ability to just uh, put in bespoke solutions around this when you when you need to. All right, so Tim, um, where can people go to learn more if they're interested in what they've seen and heard from you and what, what you're actually doing? Um, how can they sort of keep in touch with the developments that you're up to as well? Obviously, we have the uh, splashaccess.com website, which has the latest news, mm -hmm. and we're trying to keep that up to date. Yeah, On the uh, Meraki blog, there's a lot of information on there, the Meraki dashboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's information on that. Lots of areas where you can pick up the information. Perfect. Well, that's awesome. And, and all right, so Alicia, um, uh, I want to just, I guess, start to wrap things up a little bit mm -hmm. and, and maybe just remind our audience about the, uh, the the community of which Splash Access is a valuable member. Yeah, so Splash Access is p actually part of our Meraki Marketplace. Um, what's what's unique about the Meraki Marketplace is it actually mimics um, most customers and partners' uh, experience with Meraki, which is the seed try buy motion, mm -hmm. meaning that you can go to the Meraki Marketplace, you can look up Splash Access, uh, you can find detailed information there, uh, you can see customer uh, results, uh, use cases, FAQs, um, but there's an opportunity there to request a demo. Um, if anyone listening today uh, was inspired by uh, some of the solutions Tim and his team has created at Splash Access, uh, definitely go there to request a demo. Um, also, if you think there's something Tim's team, I should say, Splash Access can develop that, hey, wow, uh, maybe we don't want to use it for an education or a university, but we want to get creative. I would definitely right. request a demo because, as you can see, um, Splash Access' solution uh, can do a variety of different things. It's not limited to uh, just university or just the multi-dwelling uh, uh, use case, right? Yeah. Uh, so we do advise people go to the Meraki Marketplace, request a demo to learn more, even if you suspect there might be something you guys can create together. Um, you can obviously see a demo. We actually have uh, trials available so people can actually try the solution and then mm -hmm. ultimately uh, purchase if they do like it. Um, so I encourage everyone to go to apps.meraki.io, uh, look up Splash Access, and learn more. And the demo is, mm -hmm. uh, is that just a video that people watch or is, there, is, it in, is it like a live thing in some way? Actually, what's neat about the requested demo is it will route to the Meraki team. Mm -hmm. uh, so whoever the particular customer or partners um, assigned to, it'll be routed to that individual. Uh, they'll reach out to consult. Um, and then Splash Access will also be notified uh, that a demo has been requested. Perfect. So Meraki and Splash Access collaborate together and find out uh, what it is that they can create create for the customer, um, obviously all driving from that captive portal. Uh, but it's at least worth going to apps.meraki.io, looking up Splash Access. There's 80-plus tech partners, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, so request away. Love it. That's a really good solution because uh, there's no better way than doing live demos. I, I, I had this drilled into me when I first joined Meraki, <laughs> like every single time you're going to provide a demo. And, uh, and, and, of course, it's second nature now, and we just love to do that every opportunity we get. It's the one challenge we have on the podcast, I guess, is we can't do a live demo of, uh, no. of all this stuff. But yeah. we can certainly talk about it. And, Tim, you've done a fabulous job of bringing it to life for us today. Thank oh, you very much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, like you said, splashaccess.com. 
place to go. That's the one. And uh, so if you want to learn more there, and once again, what's that address to learn all about the marketplace? <laughs> it's abs.meraki.com. And I will say uh, Splash Access is by far one of our most popular tech partners, so I definitely would uh, reach out. Uh, also important to note that they only work with Meraki, so they are Meraki experts, and there's no... Uh, no surprise that they develop on every single API that comes out. Uh, they're devoted to Meraki, and that's why they are so darn popular in the marketplace. Wow, this is rapidly turning into a sales pitch, so yeah. it's definitely time, <laughs> definitely time to wrap things up now. <laughs> but I hope that you found this uh, useful, everybody who's listening. Um, this has been a, a really nice opportunity for us to try to bring this to life, and that's really what we're trying to do with these, where we bring our bring these partners in to talk about what they're doing with Meraki. Uh, it's really because we want to just uh, you know bring this whole concept to life for you, help you understand uh, how the Meraki um, solution set works as a platform on which businesses can build their own bespoke solutions to challenges that they see out in the marketplace. And Splash Access, I think, has been a phenomenal example of doing exactly that. Uh, so we wish them very best for the future and uh, excited to see what they do next. Speaking of next, we will be back in two weeks or so with another episode of Meraki Unboxed. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Do give us some feedback. Love to hear what you would like to know about, what topics you'd like us to cover, whether it's related to the developer environment we've been focused on today or anything else uh, that we have in our portfolio set. So you can do that via the Meraki community at uh, community.meraki.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly. Uh, I mostly use Twitter, so you can find me there, at Meraki Simon. And so drop me a note. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to get some feedback and to hear what you would like to listen to next. Otherwise, uh, from the three of us here in the room, I'd like to wish you a very enjoyable rest of your day, and we will be back very soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>